Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me back in your Bibles to the book of Revelation. We are once again trying to uh, move our way through the book of Revelation as we continue our study. It's been a long one. It's been uh, quite some time since we started, but we're on our way through. We're more than halfway, as I said. Uh, We got over halfway last uh, time we were actually able to study. As we started chapter 11, we're going to... We really are looking at chapter 12, but you have to back up into chapter 11 a little bit in order to understand and know what's happening in chapter 12. Uh, so as you just find chapter 12 and kind of look back at the last verse of chapter 11, and we kind of get this view of, of what is happening in the tribulation and, and what is happening in... This section of Scripture is basically what all everybody thinks of when they think about the book of Revelation. Everything that's been happening all up until this point, uh, people tend to uh, over, overlook it or they tend to just discount it altogether. Uh, and as I have said time and time again, The book of Revelation, although it is about the judgment of God coming upon the earth and God bringing to justice uh, mankind, uh, those who are uh, have been rejecting God for all of history, uh, in essence, um, more than anything, the book of Revelation is about the mercy of God, about the the benevolence of God, about God's love and His desire to to call out to mankind, to bring mankind to salvation. And uh, time and time again, God is incrementally bringing about judgment, but He's giving mankind opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to come to salvation, come to uh, forgiveness, come to see God's mercy and God's love. And aside from all of that, this whole book is is God's way of shining a bright, flashing light. You know, when you if, if you've ever gone down the highway, if you remember what it was like going down the highway at one time, you would be driving down the road and you'd see a a, a, a little building and there'd be big flashing light neon light flashing. I don't think they have those kind of lights anymore, but uh, a couple of years back, I, I had the privilege of going out to California to visit some, mis- uh, some mission work that the uh, Georgia Baptist Convention is doing in its partnership between uh, Georgia and California. And uh, we happened to, uh, a missionary from, from Georgia, and I happened to travel down Route 66 for a while and uh, we were driving down the road uh, trying to find 
some different things and and uh, we were going from one mission point to another and uh, he pointed out he said that hey that, by the way this is Ru- the old route 66 and and I've been out to uh, Arizona and route 66 is along through Arizona as well and I've traveled some of it and along route 66 there are some places where they have the old signage and the old uh, way of doing things to try and bring back some of the nostalgia of the uh, the 50s and 60s of uh, when the Route 66 uh, became very popular. And in fact, that was the only way uh, from uh, out to the west for a long time. Uh, in order to get there, there were no interstates at that time, and and Route 66 was the only way to get out there to California, and and a lot of those roadside diners and roadside accommodations had the signs that were flashing. And what was the purpose of that? Get your attention. Get your attention, right? And to tell you what. Stop here. You know, eat. You know, usually it would be just one word, eat. <laughs> and and what it meant was stop here and eat because we have food and that was too much to put on a sign so they just flashed the word eat you know or diner or something like that and all of the book of Revelation is God's neon sign to us flashing at us Judgment's coming. God's salvation is available for you. John is John is not seeing something that is happening as he is experiencing it. He is seeing what is to come. It is prophecy. And it is prophecy for a reason. Why? Because God is trying to tell His people and trying to uh, that His judgment is coming, and He's trying to tell those who are not His people judgment is coming, and He's telling uh, the people of the world, "My mercy is there for you because." You need to understand my judgment is coming and this is a way for you to understand and know that you need to get your heart and life right with Him. So let's uh, take up the, the passage in ooh, I'm not even gonna, uh, 11, uh, 19 and it says, And the temple of God was opened in heaven and there were seen in His temple the ark of uh, His testament and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and a great hail. Now, you have to remember again that we put in the verse numbers and we put in the chapter numbers and we separated the chapters much after, uh, much later than the time, the date of the writing of this by John. John didn't put those in there. And everybody that I can study and know and read uh, from understand that this verse 19 is a part of what is to come in chapter 12 and for whatever reason it was separated out. But if you'll recall uh, from the beginning of, of the book of Revelation when we were studying there, whenever we see lightning and thunder and earthquakes, these are all signs of what? They're all signs that God, the Creator God, Elohim, the one who did all of creation, 
He is about to interact with the world and this is what this is preceding an act of God. And, and so it says that he sees the temple of God and it's opening up and, and it's not empty. It is full of the presence of God because there's lightning, there's thunder, there's earthquakes, there's great hell. All of this is a sign of God moving. And then we uh, go from there to uh, seeing the appearance of a woman. And it says, And there appeared a great uh, wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon and under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child, uh, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third uh, uh, part of the stars of heaven and did cast them uh, to earth. And the dragon uh, stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was uh, to rule all uh, nations with an iron, uh, let's see, with an iron rod or rod of iron. And her child was called up... uh, I can't read it without my glasses. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where was it now? Oh, it was called up unto God and to His throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there uh, was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels uh, and prevailed not, neither was there a place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, and that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, and he was cast out of the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God uh, day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the, the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you and have great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Let's see, keep going. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness and to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half of time from the face of the serpent. The serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped... 
the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth and the dragon was wrought with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which uh, keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So, there's a lot of theories about this passage of Scripture. Some theories are that this is all very literal and that it is exactly as it, it puts forth and all of these things happen as it is written this way. There are other theories that this is all uh, metaphorical. Uh, this is all uh, in terms of, of uh, the Scriptures uh, representing other things. So we have some different ideas about who the people are and who the individuals are. What are what are some of the things that y'all have heard about uh, the characters? Now we've got uh, a, a God Himself, uh, the Creator God. Uh, you can't forget about Him uh, when the the temple of God is opened up. And you also have the woman who is pregnant, and you've got the child. And you have uh, the red dragon, okay? So we have four main characters. Who do you think uh, each... Well, God is God, so there's, there's no question about who that is. What about the woman? Have, have, growing up, have y'all heard... If y'all have ever studied this passage of Scripture before, have y'all ever heard of who the woman represents? Is this all new to you? Have any of you heard of all of this portion of Revelation before? I don't know, but I'm thinking uh, the devil represents the dragon. Okay, the dragon is is representative of the devil. It even says here it's the devil, Satan. And I'm thinking that the woman represents each one of us. Okay, okay. The, the dragon's got seven heads and all this kind of stuff. That's representing the devil's mode. You know, the way I look at it. That's okay. Me. Seven deadly sins. The seven uh, different aspects of sin that, that the devil accuses mankind with. Okay. What else? Verse 5 tells you. Okay. If you read it, the child is Jesus. Okay. Okay. All right. He's lifted up to God. All right. There, there's a. All of you are right. You're you're all right. Um, there are many who proclaim that uh, the woman is Mary uh, and that the baby is Jesus. Um, this is uh, this is a very popular theme in terms of of uh, revelation that uh, the woman would be Mary and that that she would. Uh, uh, this is talking about uh, the birth of Jesus at this time. Um, the problem is is that a lot of theologians have issues with the fact that uh, Mary is seen as the queen of heaven uh, having the stars and and the adornment and all this uh would would kind of give uh mary more of a uh a deity that that we as christians don't assign to mary um uh, although uh, there are some within the catholic church and other uh, denominations that do see Mary in that way. They see Mary as, as the Queen of Heaven. They see Mary as uh, uh, Mary, the Mother of God. They always say that. Mary, Mother of God. 
um, because she was the mother of Jesus and that Jesus was, is God incarnate. Therefore, Mary is the mother of God. And, and unfortunately, we as, as Christians uh, in uh, the evangelical uh, realm uh, see Mary not as uh, the mother of God, but as a fallible human being that was not uh, preexistent, that was not uh, infallible. Uh, she was a virgin, but that didn't make her perfect. And many uh, who see this view of Mary see her as being perfect. And and this kind of uh, this woman in Revelation being Mary would give her more of a more credence as the way the the Catholics see her as being divine, and and uh, that's not necessarily. Uh, the view of many who would uh, say, well, this uh, Mary's not divine. Um, but it is a, it's, it's something that's very easy to see. I see it very clearly. Like you said, Brother Fred, in verse 5, it's, it's very easy to see uh, the woman as Mary, uh, the child as Jesus Christ, uh, the serpent uh, being uh, the red dragon being Satan, uh, doing everything he can to spoil uh, the birth of Jesus uh, with uh, Herod and, and the, the the wise man uh, using the wise men to find out where Jesus is, uh, killing all the ba- uh, the the male children under a certain age in order to try and kill uh, Jesus and uh, Mary and Joseph and G- uh, the baby Jesus fleeing to Egypt for a period of time to to keep Jesus uh, safe from. Uh, those who were trying to to kill uh, uh, him, all very credible. Uh, but there are others who said, "Well, no, this that really doesn't fit uh, the identity of these individuals for a variety of reasons." There are others who want to say that uh, that the identity of the woman is the church, and uh, uh, because uh, the Bible in uh, Various passages of Scripture throughout uh, Scripture uh, views uh, the church as the bride of Christ and and therefore is uh, an integral part of God's plan for salvation that the church uh, is... Uh, the one who is uh, the woman and the the baby is, in that scenario would be uh, Christians who are born into the faith. And, and this uh, is seen as uh, plausible because of uh, the fact that Satan desires to, uh, A, keep people from becoming Christians and B, to defeat uh, those who become Christian uh, and especially defeat their testimony. There are others who want to say uh, uh, a variety of different things. They see, uh, and there are others who, uh, well, from the Jewish perspective, they see uh, the woman as the persecuted people of God, uh, most particularly the Jewish uh, uh, people. And uh, then the the child would be uh, those who are uh, in... Uh, the world at that time, uh, those martyrs of uh, the Jewish faith, and they falling under 
persecution. And then there's others who want to say, no, this is, uh, none of these are correct, and this is uh, another deity like Isis. I put all that aside. That's, that's craziness because, uh, and they pick that up because of the stars and the constellations and uh, the uh, uh, Isis being uh, uh, the queen of heaven, that kind of thing. Uh, seeing her as an astrological figure and this being metaphorical and being um, the specific specific constellations of uh, stars uh, being Isis, uh, just as you know we see the bear and the Big Dipper and the uh, little bear and the little dipper and that kind of thing they 're saying uh, this is metaphorical for uh, specifically because the dragon uh, knocks out a third of the stars it says in scripture here so uh but i i I don't uh take that to be uh something that uh is credible uh the woman is seen here as a figure with a crown on her head Uh, that is why many see uh, this woman as being the queen of heaven Uh, it says uh, that the crown has 12 stars upon it um, that is partly the reason why some people say, well, this, this represents a figure from the Zodiac, and therefore the, the 12 stars are part of the Zodiac, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, there are others who say, no, this is uh, Mary with uh, 12, uh, the stars representing uh, the angels who are support uh, her and the child as they're fleeing from the dragon. Um, Again, uh, where it says that uh, she cries out in her labor in chapter 12, uh, that is another uh, reason for some to say, well, this is uh, the the nation of Israel because Israel is often represented as a woman suffering birth pains and uh, crying out in in that pain. Israel is often uh, compared to a helpless woman in labor before her enemies, and so we have all these different views. And I'll t- I'll kind of make it clear for you a little bit later. The red dragon, of course, is uh, uh, one of many uh, designations uh, for Satan. Uh, the red dragon has always been uh, re- a reference of Satan. His twelve, his tail sweeping down a third of the stars of heaven, uh, could be a reference of. Uh, for some, it is uh, clearly a reference of the fact that when Satan, uh, you have to remember uh, the origins of Satan. Uh, scripture tells us that uh, Satan uh, was a angel of light. Uh, he was an angel of God, and and uh, we see before the foundation of mankind. Uh, the conflict of uh, Satan with God and being cast out of heaven, and so this uh, these a third of the stars being cast out of heaven by the red dragon's tail, uh, for some is a reference of the angels who followed after Satan when Satan rebelled against God in heaven. Uh, these uh, are different uh, theories about the the. Identity of these characters. Um, the, the red dragon is seen as wanting to swallow the child. It refers to an, uh, an offensive posture to oppose the person and the work of Jesus Christ. I don't think that has ever changed, no matter uh, how you change the opinion of who the 
the child is or the red dragon, it's always seen as uh, the offensive posture of the red dragon uh, seeking to swallow uh, the child has been always uh, Satan's opposition to the work of Jesus Christ. And to me, that is the most important aspect of the characters is not who the woman is or who the uh, anything else is. This is an image of Satan opposing the work and the person of Jesus Christ. And, and that's the most par- important aspect of it. It's popular to look at this account of uh, this as uh, being, like I said, uh, the woman being Mary and the child is Jesus. And um, this is kind of an overview of of the birth of Jesus Christ and Satan opposing Jesus as he is uh, being born and then the final victory of Jesus over Satan. To be clear, that's exactly what happens. That is exactly the point of this passage of Scripture is is that Satan is is doing everything he can to oppose the work and the person of Jesus Christ. And this is an account of Satan in his efforts to thwart the plan of Jesus Christ uh, and His work on earth. This story could also be looked upon through the Israelites' lens of the woman, as I said, being Israel and the child as the Messiah, uh, who eventually is allowed by God to rule and to reign after His judgment. Now you have to remember uh, from the Israelite perspective, they to this day are still waiting. If they're not completed Jews who have accepted Jesus as the Messiah, uh, others in the Jewish tradition uh, that are still uh, of the Jewish faith believe that they're still waiting for the Messiah and they see the Messiah as not of as one who's going to come and save the world by dying on a cross. That's why Jesus is an absurdity to people of the Jewish tradition because uh, to them the Messiah is one who comes in as a mighty uh, king riding in on his horse, uh, being victorious uh, and leading the armies of God to defeat all those who are opposed to the, uh, the work of God. And in essence, that's what they get in Jesus when He comes uh, in the last times. Uh, the more likely view of this is that, uh, that, as I said, that the woman is representative of the church and the child are the Christians who follow after Jesus Christ. Uh, the big summary is, is that uh, there's a great battle and God wins. I mean, that's, that's the summation of what is happening here. Uh, the people of God are being led by God against uh, Satan and uh, everything that Satan is trying to do to oppose the work of God. And, and basically, uh, if you want to boil down chapter 12, Satan tries to battle God and, and Satan loses. That's the whole gist of it. <laughs> I mean, it's just like uh, in a few weeks, there's, they're going to have, uh, or is it, uh, what, is the Super Bowl already been played? Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, this Sunday? Sunday? Is it this Sunday? Sunday. Yeah. 
Uh, when my team lost out, I, I quit paying attention to what's going on because I really could care less after my team goes. I, I'm one of those people, okay? Um, I'm not really interested in the teams that are in the Super Bowl, but um, you, when you have a big game like that, you can go on and on and on about all the different statistics and about all the different players and all the different plays, but really... Uh, you can boil down any game by just telling the teams and what the scores are. You know, so-and-so, this score, other team, this score, you know who won. And that's all that really matters in the end is who won and who lost. And and that's exactly what this is. This is the final score. This is who won, this is who lost. Satan, the great, uh, the great dragon, the red dragon, uh, gets in there, tries to oppose God. Satan loses. God wins. That's the whole gist of everything. And uh, that is really the essence of what is happening here. And that's what God is trying to convey is, is that in spite of all that, that Satan is seeking to do to oppose the work of God from the very beginning of uh, God's plan until the very end, Satan loses. He's, going to, he's seeking to oppose uh, God's handiwork in Jesus and God uh, thwarts him in every... I mean, I, I remember some of the great games in football where it just seemed like one team was playing on a different level from the other. And it, and it just it was just a blowout. And it, it looked like a professional team was going up against a high school team or a, or a peewee team. And, and this is, that's what this is. God is, every time Satan thinks he's got, I mean, uh, here it says the woman is about to give birth and so that uh, the dragon is sitting there uh, just ready to just swallow the the child as it's being born, and the and a woman's helpless. And right before the woman gives birth, God sweeps her and the child away, and and they're in safety, and they're being born. Satan tries to to uh, to do harm by causing a flood by opening its mouth, and all this water comes out, and God's creation just opens up and swallows all the water so that the woman and the child are safe, and then they're whisked off to safety where they're taken care of. All of that is, is boy, he just whipped up on him. I mean, that, that's that's basically what it means. And, and that's what happens. Uh, uh, God reigns, God rules, God overcomes, and God uh, wins the battle. Uh, the dragon is thwarted and he's whipped up on by God. That's in its essence what this is about. Is that too simple? I mean, is too simple uh, a bad thing? I, I, I don't think so. I think simple is good a lot of times. And all of this is, is, is basically saying, you know, God has his plan and God overcomes everything that Satan tries to throw at, at God. And again, it's not just a matter of God wins. God wins and overcomes in order that He might bring about the salvation of mankind, that He might bring about His grace, His mercy, His love to the people of the earth so that they might know 
that God not only rules and reigns, but that He offers to allow... It's like being, you know... It's like being one of those kids that they allow to run out on the field with the team and being able to run out there. And here you are, just a peewee little kid running out, and you got the big, ginormous guys that are running out behind you. And they go out, and you got on the jersey, so when they win, you win too. And everything they're doing to win, you feel like you're a part of it because you ran out in front of them and you might have beat on a drum or you might have gone out and blown a horn or you might have gone out and watched the, the eagle fly in to the stadium or whatever with the team but and you feel like you're a part of it but you didn't do anything to deserve the win they did all the hard work they did all the sweat and all the they had all the uh the uh the countless hours preparing and they were ready and they just whooped up on them that's what's happening god allows us to come in with him he does all the hard work he's got all the sweat equity and he wins and He's making us a part of that win. And God's desire is, is that we would all see and understand that, that evil, Satan, everything that, that is wrong is being judged by God. And we have an opportunity to choose the winning side, Him, His grace, His mercy, His love, and to be a part of that. And so this is... This is Again, this is like the big neon sign. God's love. Come to salvation. It's shining out. God's grace is there for you. And it's there for anyone who would understand that this is, is like, it's like, <laughs> again, going back to the metaphor of the signs. If you're out in the wilderness, if you're out in Arizona and you're driving and you see a sign, last chance for gas, for you know, 500 miles. Last chance. That means ain't no more gas stations after this. You need to stop and, and fill up and use the bathroom because there's not going to be... You're going to be driving through desert for a long way. Yeah. Take some gas cans with you too so that if you run out of your car, you got gas in your, in your, in your tank, extra tanks too. And, and this is God's uh, sign saying last chance to see my salvation. It's coming. My judgment is coming. And I'm going to take out anyone who stands with the, uh, with the red dragon, anyone who stands with the devil. And we'll see going forward that more and more plainly put out. And it's, it's real simple. He's saying, choose, choose God's love. Choose God's mercy. Choose God's grace. Because you have to remember, this is given before it happens. Not after it's happened, not during it happening, it's before. So John is saying, this is coming, choose Him. Any questions? All right. Let's pray.